Hey, thanks for tuning in to Braving the Night. This is Jake Atwood, the host of this show. I want to give you all a warm welcome. Thanks for taking time out of your evening to listen. Uh, If you're new to the podcast, uh, we air every Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can catch us on all the major podcast platforms. The list is constantly growing. So just do the old search and see where you can find us. Um, You can uh, look us up at bravingthenight.com. And if you'd like to give us a like on Facebook, check out Braving the Night Podcast. Uh, We'd love to hear from you there. Feel free to leave comments or uh, hit the like button. And uh, we recently uh, started a YouTube channel. um, So you can listen to the podcast there as well. Um, Braving the Night Podcast is our YouTube channel name. And I'll be uploading um, new videos to that with uh, just voice recordings on them. Maybe eventually one day we'll get a little camera in here and, you know, you'll get to put a face to the voice. But uh, for now, this is what we've got. And I just want to say thank you. We appreciate all of your support. I hope everybody has had a great week. I hope that you are all settled in wherever you're at in life. You know, if you are driving in the car, if you're going for a walk, if you're at work or if you're at home doing the laundry or just hanging out on the couch with the headphones on, you know, get relaxed, sit back. You know, tonight's show, uh, I hope, is a good one. And I'll do my best to kind of try and share what I believe God has laid on my heart for the evening. Um, You know, if you're new to the show and you're wondering what is the idea behind Braving the Night, Braving the Night is a podcast with an encouraging message, but it's not a happy-go-lucky, lovey-dovey, everything's-gonna-be-all-right message. Braving the Night is about just sharing the truth when we are surrounded in a tough time in our life or just circumstances that are out of our control, which if you are a human being, you are always going to deal with circumstances out of your control. But the good news is, is that we serve a God who is always in control. And that statement, um, it can become a bit cliche. We can kind of just throw that in the air when we just want to make a comment to, you know, make ourselves feel good. But the truth is we serve a sovereign God. And when we begin to really dissect what that means, we find out that God um, is in control of everything and he has given us a certain amount of control Uh, that word steward comes to mind and uh, where you are given you know a time and a place to take care of and for that amount of time um, you have dominion over that area and uh, you are given certain rights to exercise in order to take good care of what you have been entrusted with and so as humans um We understand that God is sovereign and in control, but, you know, we also understand that uh, we've been given free will and things happen. Uh, That was just a little side rant. I don't don't think that was the direction I was going to go in for the evening, but uh, it's already out there and I am not going to delete it. (laughs) So it's just going to have to stay in the show. But um, in all seriousness, uh, I was actually watching... um, little house of the prairie with my daughter you know her and i have uh, found a show that we like and it happens to be little house on the prairie that's right friends there are a lot of life life lessons in that uh, that series um 
But this specific episode tonight, um, I was watching it with my daughter, and I'll have to be honest, it uh, it started out a little bit sad. You know, there was a couple uh, of elderly ladies in it that were friends. I, I believe the episode, they had been friends their whole life, you know, and I think one of them uh, was in her eight, getting ready to turn 80, and the other one might have been a bit older than that. But, um, you know, it started out with one of the elderly ladies having a, uh, like, getting uh, written a letter and I didn't see that part of who who wrote her the letter but uh, it was enough of a a, a, a bad letter that it, she was sitting in a rocking chair and uh, she read it and her other friend you know they they were roommates you know they shared a house together and uh, a couple couple elderly ladies you know sharing a house and um, been best friends their whole life but the one lady that got the letter she was sitting there in her rocking chair and you know this the the camera would zoom out and it would show her face and she looked distraught and then it would zoom in and it would show the letter um and you know just so you could see her hands holding and then zoom back out and she'd be distraught and her friend was trying to talk to her and uh you know kind of just trying to cheer her up but she was not having it and uh next thing you know it's like 20 seconds later they uh zoom in on her hands and she drops the letter and you come to find out, you know, she had passed away from a broken heart. And um, I've, I don't believe anyone showed up at her funeral. And uh, the, other, the other lady, uh, you know, had lived a life where she was trying to be in contact with her children. Uh, but for the last 50 years, none of her children uh, had messaged her back or had connected with her. Uh, it sounds like she had tried to reach out and, and send messages to him. And, you know, the way this plot went, I don't think that uh, they went into any um, degree of saying if, you know, she had, you know, not been a good parent or if there was some water, on, you know, under the bridge or what had happened. But what was wild is next thing you know, she's at a... Uh, she's got the doctor visiting her you know and the main character of the show comes in with the doctor because she's sick and uh she's acting like she's sick and the doctor checks her and she says promise that you'll have all my uh children you'll contact all my children uh for the wake ceremony and you know get the best um priest to come out you know to um to speak on my behalf you know and and uh lead the ceremony and she said make me a promise on that and they said okay okay well we promise and, and she says great that'll do it and as soon as they said we promise she jumped up and uh she was all better and she they realized that she had just kind of tricked them to make a promise and she says okay well she goes i'm she goes uh, i want that ceremony to be on my 80th birthday and i want you to message them and tell them all that i passed away and uh you know she said you made a promise and she and, and so anyways they realized that she had tricked uh them but they went ahead because they were friends with her to do it anyways because what she was getting at was hey i've gone 50 years without my children 
and she goes they're grown up now and they have children and she goes i just want to see my children and my grandchildren um and they thought you know you tricked us but fine we'll do it because you know you pulled on our heartstrings so they do it and um it was just this episode where it was just an unexpected plot line um you know, and her, her children ended up showing up and they're all adults by now, you know, they're, it's been 50 years, you know, they have children and, um, those children are just about grown up, you know, and, um, she's moved to tears when she sees them all and she's walking around the room with a veil over her face so they don't recognize her and she's listening to the conversations of her children, uh, and what they're saying about her and, um, finally she raises her veil and reveals herself and the whole room is aghast that you know she's alive and you know they want an explanation and she explains that you know she says it it was my it took my death for you all to come to see me you know it it took this circumstance of me dying for you all to come together and uh, she says all these years I've tried to reach out to you and all these years that I have tried to, you know, um, be in fellow in, in, in connection with you, right? And to have a relationship with you, you know, and one of her sons was in the military and she wasn't sure if he had died or not. And uh, apparently he made a life career in the military and had advanced very high into it. He showed up and she said, all these years, I didn't know if you died or lived and you show up at my funeral. And so it leaves you it leaves you with this resounding you know um feeling of sadness that you know this woman is now 80 years old and it it took her death to bring everybody together and that she had lived most of her life and her life was almost over um and now her children are older and you don't know how she doesn't know how much time she has left but that all that story was just to share that you know um what is it that brings us together i mean what brings us together in life and you know my mother uh passed away just a few years ago and um you know her her death was it was a pretty tragic event you know as any death is um but you know she it wasn't one where she went out quietly in the night it wasn't due to old age um you know she had passed away from medical complications and she was having heart issues and water building up on her chest you know and I forget all the terms for it, guys, but um, it, it was a pretty pretty rough go to see her go through what she went through. Um, you know, there was other, they did blood tests on her and come to find out that, you know, she had been in, a, in a, an environment where mold was in the air and she had gotten some kind of crazy disease that one, and I think, I'm probably getting the numbers wrong, but it was something like one in a thousand Americans get it a year and it's some kind of crazy disease that you get from dirt and uh, of all things but it's something it was all these different things that added up and, and her uh, immune system was shutting down so you know I won't go into all the, the details of it but uh, you know um, 
I had just recently been in touch with her for the you know, you know the probably the last 24 months uh, prior to that after having not you know been in her life for about it was probably about 14 uh, 14 years uh, where we were out of each other's life and um, I had gotten back in contact with her two years prior to her passing away and it wasn't like I saw her all the time but you know we made visits to her and and made it a point that she would get to know her, uh, her, you know, her granddaughter, um, Abigail, my youngest daughter, um, who was just a couple years old at the time. And, uh, I had, I had made it, uh, you know, I had made a, a, a commitment to her that, you know, I was like, you know what, mom, I, I uh, we, we've got a lot of water under the bridge and a lot of just, uh, there's been so much, so much pain from the our past regarding just um just brokenness that came out of our family you know and i'm not going to go into all my sibling stories i don't think that'd be fair to them uh but i know with my story you know um you know i've got there's seven of us kids total you know multiple fathers in the equation um you know and so the family was uh just very divided Anyways, but I had I had gotten my heart right with God, and I had made a decision, and I uh, said, you know, I'm gonna do the best I can to to salvage what I can in this relationship and bring her some joy in her later years in life. Um, and uh, I never would have expected that she was gonna pass away. Um, but I do, you know, share all that to say that, you know, it was uh, watching that little house on the prairie episode. And seeing uh, all those family members in that room coming together uh, when that mother, you know, when they thought their mom had passed away. And the sadness that was in her heart saying, you know, hey, 50 years have gone by. Um, it just kind of sobered me up. And uh, I just thought of that situation when my mother died. Um, you know, all of my siblings uh, showed up. Um, they all showed up. And... Uh, you know, without going into a bunch of detail, you know, uh, none of, you know, not very many of us in my, uh, as far as I'm aware, really have uh, a, a ongoing day to day, you know, consistent relationship with one another. There's certain siblings that have relationships with each other. But as far as the whole group of us, uh, the unity of a family it really isn't there. And and as far as the relationships with our mother, um, honestly, I, I couldn't, you know, I can't speak for all of them, but I can tell you there, there, there was not much of a relationship uh, with her. And that's not, you know, that's not to demean anyone or that's not to throw judgment on anyone because we, you know, we're all dealing with our own wounds from our childhood. What I'm trying to share, though, is, is that, you know, we all came together um, the day that she passed away. Um, one of my siblings couldn't make it, but she did her best. I mean, she was thousands of miles away when she found out. She couldn't just stop her life and, and get there quick enough because it was just something that happened out, out of nowhere. But, you know, she phone called and was on the phone and, and was there the best that she could be. And so, I, I you know, all of us were there. So, and... Uh, but with that being said, though, it makes me think about, you know, 
what brings us together you know is it death is it life is it circumstances you know what brings us together and uh there's there you know in in life there are so many different circumstances that pull us apart from one another and there is so many different circumstances that bring us together and uh you know, I, I think that God was able to use that circumstance of us coming together in the hospital room um, to try to uh, give us some semblance of a, of a unity. But, you know, when I think of Jesus um, and I think of what happened with him on the cross, you know, he came to earth for our sins and he ends up, you know, getting uh placed on a cross and sacrificed you know for a, a bunch of people that uh, don't even recognize the guy or, or or love him there's a few small handful of his disciples that are on mission with him while he's alive and come to know him as the messiah you know as the anointed one as the savior of the living world and they fellowship with him you know and they break bread with him and he has a, a, a daily relationship with him but then he goes to the cross and he dies for an entire world that doesn't recognize him and has nothing to do with him. And uh, he saw, I would, I would beg to say, you know, he probably saw thousands upon thousands of people in his lifetime that, that he passed through in his ministry and only a handful of him recognized him as the Messiah. But he goes to the cross and he dies. And uh, I want to read with you um, here tonight in John um, where are we at here john 20 the empty tomb it says uh very early sunday morning before sunrise mary magdalene made her way to the tomb and when she arrived she discovered that the stone was sealed the entrance to the tomb was moved away so she went running so fast as she could to go tell peter and the other disciples the one jesus loved she told them they've taken the lord's body from the tomb and we don't know where he is then Peter and the other disciple uh, jumped up and ran to the tomb to go see for themselves. They started out together, but the other disciple outran them and reached the tomb first. He didn't enter the tomb, but peeked in and saw only the linen clothes lying there. Then Peter came behind him and went right into the tomb. He too noticed the linen clothes lying there, but the burial cloth that had been on Jesus' head had been rolled up and placed separate from the other clothes. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, went in, and after one looked, he believed. For until then, they hadn't understood the scripture that prophesied that he was destined to rise from the dead. Puzzled, Peter and the other disciple then left and went back to their homes. Mary arrived back at the tomb, broken and sobbing. She stopped to peer inside, and through her tears she saw two angels in dazzling white robes sitting there, where Jesus' body had been laid, one at the head and one at the feet. She said, they say, Dear woman, why are you crying? They asked. Mary answered, They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. Then she turned around to leave, and there was Jesus standing in front of her, but she didn't realize it was him. He said to her, Dear woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Mary answered, thinking he was only the gardener, Sir, if you have taken the body, his body elsewhere, tell me and I will go. Mary, Jesus interrupted her, turning to face him. She said, Rabboni, 
or Rabboni. It's Aramaic for my teacher. Jesus cautioned her, Mary, don't cling to me, for I haven't yet ascended to God my Father. And he's not only my Father and God, but now he's your Father and your God. Now go to my brothers and tell them what I've told you, that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Then Mary Magdalene left to inform the disciples of her encounter with Jesus. I have seen the Lord, she told them, and she gave them his message. And you know, we're going to be brought together in this life by, by life and by death. But the cool thing about um, what Jesus did was Jesus didn't just stop, uh, you know, and die. He, he was risen, you know. He, he was risen by the power of God Almighty, the resurrection power. And um, there is a unity that we follow alongside with in that resurrection power in our life. And, um, you know, the sadness of that mother on Little House on the Prairie where she she played this trick to bring her family together you know uh because they they in, in this instance with the with the movie in the in the movie they weren't celebrating her life they were celebrating her death but in this instance with jesus you know we can now celebrate his life because he's living he was resurrected um and there's such a sweet blessing about that that we can grab a hold of Jesus and we can celebrate his life. And for any any of us, which we're all guilty of, you know, for sinning and, um, you know, not walking with him, uh, there's this constant grace that he has where he's constantly bringing us back with that resurrection power. Um, and isn't there such a great benefit when we come together because we want to celebrate his life? <clears throat> and, you know, I was listening to a, a, a prophet um, I forget his name now, goodness gracious, but, um, you know, he was mentioning that, uh, it's one thing to come to the cross, but we don't simply stop at the cross. He says we must go through the cross. You know, it's one thing to come and lay our sins at the cross, right? Because of what Jesus did. But then we're to take up our own cross. And not only that, we don't just take up our cross, friends. We don't just take up, uh, you know, the, 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 the weight that we have to carry. But we, grow, we go through the cross where we, we do die to ourselves. You know, but we don't celebrate that death. We go through that, right? And, and he, we go through the cross where through God's resurrection power, you know, he empowers us to live a life that only we can live because of going through the cross, you know, leaving our sins at his feet, and we can celebrate that victory with him in life. I mean, this world is fading away, friends. You know, I, was, I thought of my mother when I watched that uh, little house on the prairie with my daughter, and, um, you know, I just was like, man, all the years that went by, and I don't have any regret, you know, there, there is a sadness that uh, I've had to walk through to, to try to understand and try to, um, you know, learn from and, um, you know, from the, the wounds that, that I dealt with, you know, from, you know, all the trauma that we went through, or I went through in my childhood, but, you know, a lot of years went by where, you know, uh, we didn't speak and, uh, you know, much like that mother, 
Um, you know, if I could, if I could go back, you know, obviously I would, I would do my best to try to have a relationship in those living years. And I'm not, you know, uh, I, I don't want to change time or anything like that. I can't change time. And that's not what I'm trying to say here. You know, we, what, what, like I said in one episode, uh, John Rubin said, hindsight is a beautiful thing when you can look back and see what patience and time can bring. And so with hindsight, we learn from our lessons, you know, and we move forward. Um, but you know, uh, maybe you're listening to the show tonight and you're in a similar circumstance where you've been struggling, you know, with, with, uh, family and, uh, friendship where you, you have people that you dearly care about and time has gone by and you can't get that time back, not in the living here, but, uh, maybe the enemy has you in a place where you can't celebrate anything. You can't celebrate life because you're, you're walking in unforgiveness or you're walking in sorrow and pain and I don't mean to to diminish that sorrow or pain or to cast a shadow over your story but what I do want to share though is that in my own story with uh, with my mother I had to go through phases of forgiveness you know I had to forgive her you know um, and when we were reconciled with one another I asked her for forgiveness um, you know, cause like I said, we had a couple years together before she passed. Uh, but there was, there was a healing that came because we tapped into that resurrection power of Jesus. You know, Jesus, uh, says forgive and be, and be forgiven. Right. I mean, you got the story about, uh, the King that was owed a debt to by his, uh, servant, a huge debt. That servant goes out and finds his own helper who owes him a debt and he chokes him. And the servant that choked him owed more of a debt to the king than the helper owed to the servant. And, uh, you know, the king was mad and said, hey, I forgave you of your debt, which equaled millions of dollars. And this guy over here owes you a few bucks and you're choking him out. And that story is to highlight that, you know, God has given us a great grace in our life. Of forgiveness a debt that was unable to be paid except for through the cross and he he demands that we forgive those you know around us and I just want to say this though that forgiveness you know it is a process that takes time but God will walk you through it and uh, if you will allow him to use his resurrection power to bring those that you've cared about in your life together in your life again it's so much sweeter um, when you allow him to do it his way and so tonight as we end the show my prayer is anyone listening would you be willing to allow Jesus to step into your situation would you bring yourself near to him that he might bring those that you care about that are far from you near to you again and as always friends till next time